Um, I, I, I titled today. We're we're looking at uh, we're going to be in a couple different places, but I, I wanted to have um, just a Sunday where we just get back. I mean, summer has been insane. We've got a lot. I just wanted to come back, and I just wanted to um, help us unpack and see the beauty of God's word and and the power of the gospel and the power that that God has. For so many of his children, and, and sometimes I just, I think there, there, there needs to be something that, that, that shakes us a little bit, something that, that gets our attention. And so this morning, the only thing that we've been studying in Sunday school, the only thing that I believe is going to get our attention is God's word. And um, I want to start with a, sort of an illustration as we, as we get into the text here in a minute. Um, but a couple of months ago, this just happened a few months ago, um, we, were got, we had gotten in bed and everybody, it was still and it was quiet in the middle of the night. And it was just, it was, there wasn't a whole lot going on and it was, it was still. And we're just at that point where we're just about to get to sleep. And then all of a sudden we hear this massive just Bang! And it just, it sounded terrifying, and I shot up, and I, I have, I'm readily, readily accessible to a pistol next to my bed. I, I grabbed said pistol, because I don't know what's coming, it sounded really loud, really, really scary, and I opened my bedroom door to find Austin, wide-eyed, wild, with a baseball bat, saying, Dad, did you hear that? I said, I, I did. I did. I did. He goes, let's go find out. So we go wander through the house and try to figure out what's going on and come to find out our neighbors behind us had been having a little bit of a shindig and something had crashed, but it was loud enough to wake everyone in the house up. Everyone was excited except for Hannah. I think Hannah, when she goes down, freight trains can't wake that girl up. But it, it, sometimes an earth-shaking event or an earth-shaking um, Thing needs to come into our lives to wake us up to the reality of, of what's going on around us, to wake us up to the fact that we need to be aware of our surroundings. And, and so as I grabbed my weapon, Austin grabbed his weapon, like we we're ready to go do battle if necessary. We we're ready to do this. And so my hope is that today in this sermon, through the power of God's word, that we'll have this illumination from the Holy Spirit that will draw us and woo us and, and, and stir our affections towards Him to the realization that we need to actually be aware of our spiritual surroundings. And, and if you've noticed over the last, I mean, just the last three weeks, the world is nuttier than ever. And, and for me to say, hey, listen, the world's broken. Nobody is here today going, wow, Caleb, that's groundbreaking that's shocking that you would say that the world's a mess and it's broken and here's the thing every single human being in this room this morning every single human being in the world around us right now think about it they're looking for answers they're looking for a specific answer to get them to a specific place in their life and, and what we can tend to do is we can start to because we're looking for answers and a lot of people don't their first go-to is not the bible the Bible's not the first go-to for most human beings. And so what will happen is we see the flashy things of culture and we see the flashy things of our society that, that look like answers. And some of these things sound really good in the culture in which we live. And what can happen a lot of times is um, they can lead us down dead ends. Um, people will start to try to find culturally relevant 
answers to the longing in their hearts that they, they're looking for purpose, they're looking for, for something. And how many of you guys have heard of this one? People say, hey, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart when it comes to that relationship. Follow your heart when it comes to making that decision. You know, trust your heart. How many of you guys have heard that one? Trust your heart, okay? Well, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately wicked. Who can understand it and who can trust it? That one verse takes that saying completely apart and the idea here is we should not follow our hearts, but rather we should follow, follow Christ wholeheartedly. We should be following Christ. And then people will jump and they'll say, listen, you need to hustle and you need to grab onto the world and you need to make money and you need to, to that'll make you happy. If you make just enough money, if I could become a millionaire, then I'd be happy. I've talked to millionaires and some of those millionaires say, I'm not happy because what do I need? You got one dollar, what do I need? Just one more. That's my dad's standard saying when it comes to guns is what how many guns are enough well just one more just one more amen like that's but that's the idea is is people start to look around they try to hustle and they try to grab they try to make make the world this place they try to conquer and try to make the money try to make all these things happen in matthew chapter 16 verse 26 says what does it benefit you if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul is anything worth more than your soul? So the idea here is, is that, man, so many people are throwing their eternal souls away for things that are just temporary placements, temporary pleasures. And then people will say, well, I need to find, how many of you guys have heard this one? I need to find, I need to take time for me because I need to find my most authentic version of myself um, in order to feel complete about my life. How many of you guys have heard that idea? That I need to find my, the best and the most authentic version of me. So I'm going to take me time. How many of you guys have heard that? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Paul says, In those who belong to Christ Jesus, we have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. So this, once again, this worldview of I need to find my most authentic self falls apart it just falls apart jesus said in luke chapter 9 or yeah chapter 9 verse 23 if anyone would come after me let him deny himself let him not not find his authentic self but let him deny himself take up his cross and then follow me so we've been given this mandate by god not to find an authentic version of ourselves but to actually take death to ourselves so these worldviews that are pushed out in society for people that are looking for answers can be answered by the Bible. These worldviews are cut to the quick by the Word of God. And as we said in Sunday school this morning, the Word of God is the final authority for Christians. And honestly, if we're going to go big picture, the Word of God is the final authority for all humankind. Like we're, that's, that's where we're going to have to give an account at the end of the day. When you stand before God, you will stand alone before the God of the universe and you won't be able to quip some fancy little comeback when God says, what did you do with my son? What did you do with my word? Well, you know, I, I was trying to find my most authentic version of me. Well, no, that's not what I told you to do. That's not what I told you to do. You see, 
Right now, this very moment, there is a battle that's taking place. And, and like we're talking all the world right now, the, our country's talking about battles all the time. We're talking about, right now, it's unvaccinated versus the vaccinated, the, the, the Republicans versus the Democrats. Uh, we're, we've got all these different battles that are taking place, and we say, this is where we need to push out. This is where we need to fight our fight. Man, there's a battle that's happening right now in this very room, and the war, it's a war for your heart. And it's a war for your mind, and it's a war for your very, the very soul, the very spirit of men and women. And so what I want to do this morning in the few minutes that I have remaining is I want to take this opportunity to very clearly, very concisely provide you with the answer of who will fix the issues of your life and our country. And trust me, there are issues. There are problems. But it's not going to be solved by some culturally relevant mumbo jumbo. It's not going to get, you know, we're not going to have some guru come on stage and say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. Step A, step B, step C, bup, 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 and have some sort of cultural mumbo jumbo. We have to define the issue. And the first thing that we ha- you and I have to define is that number one, you and I are sinful. Every one of us in this room this morning is sinful. Romans 3.23 gives a very clear and concise thing. He says, all have sinned. All of us have sinned. All of us have broken God's law. All of us have lied. We've stolen. We've cheated. And listen, the Bible, Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you've committed murder. If you hate your brother, you've committed murder. So we've all Sin, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've broken God's law, the Ten Commandments, every single one of us. And because of that fact alone, the wages of sin, we were talking to Sunday school, man, I don't want a God that's fair. I, I don't want a God that's fair. I want a God that's merciful. Because if I get a God that's fair, what happens? I get justice if I get a God that's fair. And what I deserve is justice. And what I, but what I long for is I long for mercy. I long for mercy. And because of that fact, the wages of my sin is what I've earned. The, the, the wage that I've earned, every one of us, when we work, we go out and work hard and we get a paycheck and we earn what is called a what? A wage. We earn a wage. And because we've broken God's law, what you and I have earned is we have earned death. For the wages of sin is death. That's, that's the wage you and I have earned. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You see, the problem in the world, listen to me, the problem in the world does not lie at the feet of the White House. The problem of the world does not lie at the feet of Congress or Senate or any particular party. The problem of the world today is not a political problem. The main problem is a three-lettered problem. S-I-N. Sin is the problem. And every single one of us have broken God's law, so every single one of us have sinned. From the top of the government to the bottom of the the gutter, every single human being has sinned. We've broken that law and we deserve God's wrath. Ephesians 2.3 says that we were by nature children of wrath and like the rest of mankind. 
But you have to finish out the rest of that verse in order to get the understanding that we see the bad news. The bad news is that, listen, you are a child of wrath. You are a child of a sin nature. You were born, like, babies were not born innocent little cherubs. At 2 a.m., can I get an amen from a parent? At 2 a.m., when they're screaming their mind, you're like, the depravity of mankind is on display for all to see. Right? But we have to finish that. Yeah, we're children of wrath, but then you look at chapter 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Amen? You've been saved by grace. You see, the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect life that you and I could not live. He died the death that we deserve to die, and then beautifully he was raised three days later so that we would be justified. So when I stand in front of God... He does not see Caleb Gordon anymore, but rather he doesn't see the wickedness of Caleb Gordon because I've repented of my sins and I've placed my hope and my trust and my faith in Christ alone. He doesn't see Caleb Gordon in his wickedness, but rather he sees Jesus Christ in me, so therefore I'm holy and blameless in the sight of God. Like that should get us a little bit, a little bit of excitement inside of us. Because you see, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 Listen to this. This is what Isaiah said. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds we were healed. You see, listen to me. Caleb Gordon sins are many. Caleb Gordon's sins are erroneous and heavy and just, just ridiculous, enormous, and just crushing. But because of Jesus' redemptive power and blood that, and his willingness to forgive, I am free from my past. Now listen to me. The enemy loves to try to bring up your past constantly. Listen, you remember that thing you did? You remember that place you went? You remember that stuff you did? You remember the way you treated them? But if you've repented of your sins, your sin is under the blood of Christ. Golly. Because here's the, here's the thing. I deserve everything that Isaiah chapter 53 says. I deserve to be crushed for my iniquities. I deserve to the chastisement. I deserve to be crushed for my iniquities. I deserved all of those things. But God, being rich in mercy, being rich in mercy, and He loved me, and He loved you, even when I was dead in my trespasses. I was a dead man. And Christ came in and He said, I'm going to bring you back to life. I'm going to bring you back to life. And he made us alive together with Christ. So by grace, you and I have been saved. You see, Christ's atoning blood that was shed on Calvary's bloody cross brought me to a place where I am healed from my sinful condition. And in God's sight, I'm blameless and I have peace with 
God because of Christ's work on the cross. You, say, you might be sitting here this morning and say, Caleb, wait a minute, hold on. How do I get access to this? Like, I, I, Listen, I, I've, I've been in church my whole life and I'm, like, I'm not getting this. How do I get access to this? Jesus told us in Mark chapter 1, verse 15 that the time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe in the good news. Believe in the good news. You say, well, Caleb, what is repentance? What does it mean to repent? 1 John 1.9 says to turn from our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Every single last ounce of our unrighteousness. That means the sins that you committed in the past. That means the sins you're committing right now in this moment. And it even means, that means that the sins that you haven't even committed yet. You say, wait a minute, Caleb, God's grace covers my future sins? Well, of course they do. Of course they do. Think about when Jesus died on the cross, how many of your sins were future sins? All of them. Every single one of them were future sins. So Christ's blood, Christ's sovereign power, it was big enough to forgive you of everything you've ever done. But notice the first thing, if you confess. If you're willing to repent of your sins, Christ is willing to forgive you of your sins. The good news is that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And guess what? Every single one of us in this room have been lost at some point. And here's the thing. The gospel doesn't just save us once. The gospel is continually saving us every single day. I need the gospel just as much as the heathen at the bar. Like, I need the gospel just as much as the prostitute in the street. So do you. So do you. The good news is that Jesus came to seek you and save you from your lost condition. Those who, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 10, were enemies of God. We're enemies of God. Now, as a result of what Christ has done, we're no longer his enemies, but we've become reconciled to him because of his work on our behalf on the cross. Like, think about that for just a minute. You moved from a position of being an enemy of the triune sovereign God of the universe to being reconciled to this God who has every right to open the building this morning and smash every single one of us, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He reconciled us to him. Think about this. That the creator of the universe would come and redeem a creation that committed treason against him. Like, that's good news. Like, that is fantastic news that my broken, sinful self has an opportunity for grace. You and your broken, sinful condition have an opportunity for grace. But my fear is that so many just, yeah. I've heard this all my life, Caleb. I've heard this. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And what I want us to do is not lose the awe and the wonder and the majesty of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And that we have the opportunity to step into a beautiful relationship with him. Like, this is the good news. Like, what a mighty and gracious God we serve. Remember how I read in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it said, For the wages of sin is death. 
If you keep going in that text, there's more there. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. But the only way this happens is if you repent of your sinfulness and believe. Repent and believe. That is the gospel. To repent of your sins and believe the gospel. Believe what? Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 says, If we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You see, Many in America believe in God in their heads. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is so much more than head knowledge. Many, many say Jesus was a good teacher. Many say that he was a good example. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is God and he deserves our worship. Amen? He, was, he is God. Not was. He was and he is and he forever or more will be God and he deserves our worship. James 2.19 says that the demons in hell, they tremble and fear and quake at who God is. They know who God is. They know who Jesus is. There is so much, there's so much difference between having head knowledge of God and having a heart transformation by the Lord Jesus Christ. When human beings truly have an encounter with the one triune God of the universe, there will be a lasting impact on their lives, period. And so my hope for you this morning, today, is that you would be here and if the Holy Spirit stirred your heart in any way, shape, or form, that you need to repent of your sinfulness. You've got arrogance. You've got pride. You've got unforgiveness. You've got angerness. You've got lust in your heart. You've got whatever that is. Whatever's coming down the pike into your life. If you need to repent, the Holy Spirit like, listen, man, that's, golly, Caleb, that is me. I have broken God's law. If the Holy Spirit stirred your heart, man, I want us to take time just to pray this morning. And I want to help you understand that that we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and off of our circumstances and to look squarely into the eyes of King Jesus. I think of Hebrews chapter 12. Like I just love this text. And I, many of you saw, I mean, it's, I saw the video I made not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we got this giant spider sitting outside of our house, hanging on the side of the house. And Gabe came, it was Austin came in, said, Dad, Dad, you got to see this spider. He took a picture of it, sent me this picture. He's like, this giant spider's outside. And so I went outside, and I, like, it's right there. I mean, it was right as some, you know, kids come, will come through, sometimes through the flower bed, and just to walk out to the car. And man, if you're in the dark, you're not going to see that thing. You're just going to hit it. How many of you guys have ever run through a spider web? Isn't that just an exhilarating feeling? Just exhilarating in your heart. You're like, woohoo! Yes! You get excited. Heart starts bumping a little bit faster. You're not thinking about anything other than what? Where is he? Where is it? And I love this text. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also 
Throw off or lay aside every weight of sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus as the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we know because of Romans chapter 8, what is he doing at the right hand of the throne of God this morning? He's interceding on our behalf. He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. Like consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may be able not to grow weary or faint-hearted. Oh, that's so good that Jesus did all this so that we would not grow weary. How many of us have grown weary over the last couple of months? Like every stinking time you turn on the news... There's some sort of dadgum, just ridiculousness that's out there that's just so frustrating. And you're like, please, what is going on? Christ endured sinful men and the wrath of the cross so that you and I would not grow weary. Listen, this morning, beloved, do not grow weary. Don't grow weary. What you need to do is, man... Throw off the sin that so entangled you up. Like, you're not even thinking. Like, like, if you hit that spider web, you're not thinking about anything other than get it off. And some of us have walked directly into the path of sin in our lives, and we're not even paying attention that the death spider is on us going for the jugular. It is. It's coming for you. And some of you are living in unrepentant sin and you have not asked God to forgive you or to cleanse you or to change your heart, change your life. You're just sort of kind of just living your life and you're doing your thing and you get angry and you get bitter and you just sort of kind of walk through life in frustration and you say, "Mm, not me. I don't need to ask God. I'm a rock. I'm an island. I don't need God's help. Listen, if you don't have God's help, if you don't have God's forgiving grace, you, you won't make it. I won't make it. If I don't have God's grace and mercy in my life, I will not make it. And I'm telling you this morning, I want to encourage us to understand that that we have to get our eyes off of ourselves, off of our circumstances, and place our hopes squarely on Christ, the Creator and the King of the universe, who has everything under control. Like, He knew that before the foundation of the world, who was going to be in the White House today? And if you read the text, God actually sets up kings and takes them down. So, there's that. God set this up before the foundation of the world. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He knows it all. It's like when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the enemy was like, yes, we did it. And he's hanging up and goes, it's finished. Like, it's my idea. It's my idea. This was all my idea. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, no. And then the rumblings three days later, and Christ comes out of the grave. He says, mine, the grave conquered, sin destroyed, hell eradicated. Boom, let's go. And guess what? You and I get to get access to that. We get the freedom to walk in that. The only way we get freedom, though, is to walk in repentance Asking Jesus to forgive us. Man, don't be prideful and arrogant. I feel like some of us are going to stand in front of God because we were so afraid of what somebody else might think about us. We just... 
I don't want to come forward. I don't want to pray with the pastor. I don't want to talk to him because somebody might think I'm sinful. Guess what? You are. I am. I'm sinful. You are too. All of us are broken. The ground around the cross is level. There's nobody more sinful or less sinful around the cross of Jesus Christ. It's either sin or forgiven. Sinful or forgiven. That's it. There's no, I'm better than you. I, be, I do better than you. No, 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 no. Nobody does better than anybody else. It's either I'm forgiven in Christ or I'm a sinner. That's it. Man, my hope is that today you'd find Christ to be sufficient. That's my hope for us. Because listen, my desire, heart level desire is that I'd see every single one of us in heaven together. When that was, what's that old hymn? When we all get to heaven. What a day, what a glorious day that'll be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout. Shout the victory. We get there and we not hear Matthew 7, who are you? I don't know who you are, but rather we hear, man, well, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear, well done, Caleb, you did it. And guess what? I know that I'm not doing great. I know that I fall short. But man, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm trying to follow Christ. I'm trying to trust Him better every day. And what I want to hear at the end of the day, at the end of all this, is that, Caleb, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into thy reward. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear for every one of us in the room together. I, I, don't, want to ha- I don't want to be standing there and I, you know, I hear, depart from me, you who work iniquity. Matthew 7. I don't want to hear that. That's not what I want. I don't want that from anybody in the room. And guess what? You don't have to hear that. I don't have to hear that. If you just come to Christ and ask Him to forgive you, He will. Listen, you don't have to come to Caleb and say, Caleb, can you forgive me? Because guess what? I can't forgive you. I have no ability to forgive anybody of anything. But I know the guy who does. Amen? I know the guy who does. And if you just come and lay aside your pride for 45 seconds and just say, okay, God, I'm yours. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Take over as king of my life. And he will transform your life. I promise you. I didn't say it's going to get easier. I say it'll transform your life. It might get a little harder. But that's all right. Because at the end of the day, you get Christ. And in 10,000 years, the trials of this life will not matter. Amen? They won't matter. What will matter? Christ is preeminent in your life. Christ is preeminent. So lay off, lay off every single weight of sin which clings so closely and let you and I run with endurance the race that's set before us. Looking to Jesus as the author and the perfecter of our faith. I'm going to have Ben just play something, whatever you have. And I want us to take a time just to pray. You guys can stand. And I just want us to take some time just to pray this morning and ask God to, to move in our lives. If, there's, if you're here and you say, Caleb, man, I, I, I want to I repent. I want to trust Christ. I want to give my life to Christ. Man, I, I want to I be here to do that with you. You say, Caleb, I, I'm a Christian, but I, man, I've not taken that next step. I've not, I've not gone in obedience to ba- be baptized. Man, I, 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 I want to follow in obedience and I want to know what Christ has done for me. And I want to I want to be obedient to what his commands are. Come talk to me. We'll we'll get that squared away. 
You say, man, I, I, I'd like to be a member of this church. I'd like to be a part of what's going on here. I want to put my shoulder to the wheel and I want to push with you, Caleb. Let's go in together and let's make trouble for the enemy. Come see me. I'm going to have Ben play and whatever, whatever God's laid on his heart. And I'm going to be here to pray with whoever wants to come forward and just pray. I want to sing this song. Um, it might not be super familiar, but it's just called Enough. Um, just as Caleb was speaking, I just felt burdened with this song. Because I think sometimes the struggle and the temptation, like for those of us who are saved, is we start thinking that we need Jesus plus something. And I think that sometimes we just need that reminder that Jesus is enough. That's why Paul, writing to Galatians, says, I don't frustrate the grace of God. For his righteousness could come by anything other than Jesus. The crucifixion is all pointless. Yeah. 
king of the universe and he's over the flood of your life he knows everything about you and he still came after you anyways to redeem you to reconcile you I mean, my hope is that today that if your heart is stirred towards the things of Jesus Christ that you would you'd find him to be more as, as Ben was singing more than enough more than enough and I'm telling you he is he is well thank you guys for being here this morning Jamie, would you dismiss us in prayer?